Here we are. It is a Wednesday edition presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems for our first hour. Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. What's happening, everybody? How we doing? Hope everything's going all right. Just back from OU Pro Day. It is the one, the only, the five-star out of the Oklahoma Journalism School, Mr. Parker Thune, to tell us all about the activities at Pro Day. My goodness, Mike. J.P. Lozman can still sling it. You said he's 38 years old, a former Tulane quarterback, and there's always a guy who comes out to a pro day nearby and decides, you know what, I'm going to give it one last shot. I I didn't have my Uncle Rico moment yet, so I want to go and show that I've still got it. I mean, my goodness. If Tom Brady stays retired, the Bucs fan in me wants him to get on the horn with JP because (laughs) the dude came out, and we were all kind of wondering leading up to pro day, who it was going to be that threw to Mike Woods and Jeremiah Hall and Kennedy Brooks. Was it going to be Dylan Gabriel? Was it going to be Tanner Schaefer, who's on staff now as a GA? Was it maybe going to be one of the freshmen, Nick Evers or Ralph Rucker? It's J.P. Lozman, we come to find out. The 38-year-old former Tulane quarterback was a first-round draft pick. In 2004, he had some elite company in that draft class, as you'll recall. Uh, I believe he was one of four quarterbacks taken in the first round that year. The other three were Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers. So, had pretty elite company, started for a few seasons with the Buffalo Bills. I want to say he spent seven total years playing professional football. And he is now on staff at Oklahoma as an off-field analyst after making the move from Clemson with Brent Venables and the crew. And so he was the one that drew the short straw and got to throw to Mike Woods and Jeremiah Hall and Kennedy Brooks today. So is he? he's not trying to be like Scott Bakula in Necessary Roughness, the old uh, I, the I football movie so. in the early 90s with Kathy Ireland as the field goal kicker? He's not. It's not really – this isn't uh, LL Cool J, don't call it a comeback, or is it? I mean, listen, all, all I'm saying is we were sitting there watching those passes. In the, I mean, he threw one that was a 60-yard bomb down the middle to Mike Woods on a dime, just effortless. And you could hear everybody go, whoo. Does he have <laughs> a COVID year? Does he have a COVID year? Was there any kind of virus back in uh, in 2004 maybe where he has an extra year? I don't know. We'll have to find out. But <laughs> Kale Gundy was standing there in the end zone. He said, oh, boy, JP still got it. <laughs> All right. So pro day underway. And basically, this is the 11 guys at the Combine plus LaRon Stokes. Yes, LaRon Stokes was the only non-Combine invitee that was present today. Uh, based on some of the reports, maybe Jeremiah Hall did a little bit better than he did in Indianapolis, uh, at least some of the early stuff that I saw from out there. So what was it like out there? Were there any other storylines besides J.P. Lozman was the uh, quarterback throwing to the receivers? i tell you what, uh, both Nick Benito and Brian Osamoa looked really, really good in their individual workouts. I mean, those guys can move, and they proved it. Uh, nobody... Nobody ran the 40-yard dash save for Stokes, Tyrese Robinson, and Jeremiah Hall, which makes sense because he had a little bit of a disappointing 40 time at the NFL Combine. Uh, We didn't get any workouts of any kind from Perrion Winfrey or Delarian Turner-Yell. Apparently Perrion tweaked a hamstring at the Combine on the 40-yard dash, so he decided to sit it out. Delarian Turner-Yell, I I think it was – 
I don't know exactly what the ailment was. Didn't he was, run four four seven in Indy though? I he think did, he was the he fastest. He did run a four four seven. Forty was really good for him. So yes, he he refrained from all the activities. Everybody else did a did a little bit here and there. I'm pretty sure Isaiah Thomas only did the bench press and individual workout. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Who I'm trying to think back to the broad jump. And the uh, the vertical jump. I don't know if anybody did the broad jump, unless I'm just completely spacing. I don't recall them. I don't recall seeing them do the broad jump. Huh. I'm trying to think of. Uh, did I just completely miss that, or did legit nobody do it? Pro anyway. day memories. Pro day memories. Uh, Sam Bradford had a huge one. I remember Gil Brandt was there and was ranting and raving about how good Sam Bradford looked. Baker's pro day was really big. Back in the day, Baker came out and, uh, you know, basically whistled and everybody congregated around Baker. And then they went through their workouts and Baker threw really well, obviously becoming the number one overall pick in the draft. Kyler's was a little bit nondescript, but that's kind of the way that Baker Mayfield goes about his business and the way that Kyler goes about his. They're totally different personalities, both great quarterbacks in their own way. I still think Kyler probably is the best athlete to ever play at Oklahoma. When you look at a guy who was drafted in the first round in baseball and uh, the uh, pick in the first round, obviously overall number one by Arizona. So um other things i remember there was an issue with malcolm kelly's shoes at one pro day that i I guess he didn't quite run the 40 that he expected and uh, apparently the shoes weren't the right ones there was a little bit of controversy over that so other than that did he change the shoes uh no I, i don't think he did in time if i remember correctly but again i'm old and my memory fails me every now and then quite a bit but um, other than that, anything else that has stood out to you about Pro Day besides it's another like round two of the Underwear Olympics? No, all, I mean, all told, it was pretty nondescript. I don't think necessarily that we saw anything we weren't expecting to see other than, oh, J.P. Lozman still got a little bit of juice in that arm. But How did most you guys else... finally find out it was J.P. Lozman? Were you at well, first? Well, because he walks onto the field wearing these shiny white cleats holding a football underneath his arm, and I turned my head over there, and I was like, is J.P. Lozman the one that's about to sling it? So you recognized him then? Yes, yes. So I'd seen Good him. Good job. I'd seen him at a basketball game a couple weeks back. That was the first time I'd seen him since he'd got to Oklahoma. But he had been sitting courtside with Joe Castiglione and Brent Venables and Brandon Hall and Jay Valai at a basketball game. And so that was the first time I saw him. And then again today, I mean, he walks he walks in looking like <laughs> he walks in looking like that guy at the gym that just takes everything way too seriously. Like he's got his long sleeves on under his t-shirt. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. the white cleats on. You can tell like he's just amped to throw the football. He's again. ready to go. So what is connect his connection to those guys? Do you know? He worked at Clemson previously. He, he was at yes. Clemson. All right. I did not know that. I, I didn't know that. So is there any chance he's going to end up as a consultant or something with his staff, or is he just going to be the designated thrower? No, he's on staff as an analyst. He is yes. as an analyst. How did I miss Quarterback that? Quarterback analyst. I, I that's one that slipped through the cracks on me. So there you go. All right, now it makes total sense. I'm like oh, J.P. Lozman. What is he? Is he coming back again? This is this like Scott Bakula and necessary roughness back in the day? What is this? So somehow, some way, I guess they've hired so many analysts. Somehow, I missed that one that he's uh, consulting on the staff. That's that's a good deal. 
for uh, Oklahoma. All right. Uh, speaking of the Sooners, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast on the Prairie, one Theo Weiss with Jeremiah Hall and Brandon Willis, uh, Braden Willis, I should say, talking about. Uh, you know, there was a time where Theo Weiss was in the portal. It looked like he wasn't coming back to Oklahoma. Then things changed because of the coaching change. I hit the. I entered the portal because it was actually – I was going to hit the portal before the coaching staff change happened, if I'm being honest. Um, and then it's crazy. So I'm going to, like, take you all through my process. I was interested in going to Ole Miss and playing for Levy. So, like, we, we talked about me going out there. Right. Come to find out he gets a job at Oklahoma. Of course, I never I never wanted to leave Oklahoma, but, you know, just, just how certain stuff plays out, stuff happens. But once I heard about, you know, Link getting a new job, blah, 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 I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe the new coach, maybe this is, like, just my blessing in disguise. And then come to find out I see Lebby gets the job. I'm like, I was just talking. Why would I leave now? There you go. Worked out well for OU there. And Theo Weiss, a former five-star, he's had an up-and-down career at OU. I do definitely think the talent is there. We've seen that on occasions from Theo Weiss, a little bit inconsistent. Injury issues, obviously, as well. Could this be a breakout year for Theo Weiss? I know a lot of people are talking about Marvin Mims, but if Theo Weiss can stay healthy, he's got the talent. He does, and – I think it all boils down to how it shakes out in that Oklahoma wide receiver room because if Theo Weiss wants to reprise his role as a starter, the same role he occupied in 2020, he's going to have to fight off Jalil Farouk. And to me, that's an intriguing positional battle in and of itself is to see who emerges as your three starting wideouts because I think you can just about lock in Marvin Mims. I don't think you would find anybody that dis- that would dispute that Marvin Mims is going to be penciled in as a starting wide receiver for the Sooners in 2022. Beyond that, it starts to get a little murky because, you sure, you've got Theo Weiss, but you've also got Drake Stoops. You've got Jaleel Farouk. you got a guy that I really, really like in Brian Darby. Trayvon West is in the picture. You bring in a pair of freshmen and Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson. There's going to be a lot of competition at the wide receiver position, and I'm curious to see who emerges from the fray as your three starters. Yeah, interesting. From that great wide receiver class with Jaden Hazelwood and uh, Trajan Bridges and Theo Weiss, obviously Theo Weiss is the last man standing for a while. Again, as he mentioned in the interview there on the podcast on the Prairie, we didn't know if he was going to be back at Oklahoma. He is back. Uh, We'll be playing for the Sooners in the fall, going through spring practice. Obviously, if he can stay healthy, he's got some ability. But, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, the other starters. Uh, I think uh, Marvin Mims, yes, no doubt you can lock him in. We'll see how the rest of the uh, receiving core shakes out. Thank you to our friend Tim Lasher. Great Sooner, great company. Lasher, home comfort systems. Whether you're looking to repair, replace, or maintain your air conditioning system, you can call Tim Lasher. And uh, the folks over at Lasher Home Comfort System, they're family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. Call them up at 405-579-3113 for all your heat and air needs. Good to have Tim and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Been a sponsor here for a long time. Very much appreciated. When we get back, Bill Bedenboe. Certified Sooner. His Lubbock past has been washed away. Certified Sooner. We deemed him a rock star recently, too, and Bob Stoops had a great story about Beatonbow yesterday. We'll hear that when we get back here on The Ref.
All right, we're back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on the Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Good to have you along. Pro Day today going on for the Sooners. Basketball Thursday night, 6 o'clock against Baylor on ESPN in the uh, Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Sooner women play Friday, 11 a.m. on ESPNU against Kansas. Sooner baseball team getting ready. After uh, their victory yesterday over Dallas Baptist, eight to seven, to go to six and five to host uh, UTSA Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, a lot of things happening. Thunder basketball last night, losing to Milwaukee, one forty-two to one fifteen. SGA had a great game. Lindy Waters, Norman North, Oklahoma State Cowboy, very impressive last night. He looks good, man, shooting that three just up from the G League. 16 points, 4 of 9 from three-point range. Giannis, the Greek freak, had a great game with 39. Chris Middleton, who wore out the Suns on Sunday, was also good for Milwaukee with 25. Next up for the Thunder, a matchup in Minnesota against the Timberwolves tonight at 7 o'clock. And uh, Sunday, back home against Memphis. All right, so we said uh, Bill Biedenboe, uh certified sooner. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Lubbock or Texas Tech. Uh, sorry if you are, and if you went there, my, my apologies. But I just, I don't know what it is about Tech. I just have never liked Tech. Now, Bill Biedenboe was there. Like, there are people who have been to Tech that I still like. I'm Dana Holgerson. How can you not like Dana Holgerson with that hair and the Red Bull and the attitude? I mean, you know, the guy coughs every two seconds in his press conference. Well, you know, (coughs) Kyler Murray's a heck of a player. (coughs) You know, but he's, I love Dana Holgerson. Bill Biedenboe, though, is uh, now a certified Sooner. We were hoping he would be held over, uh, and wouldn't follow Muleshoe's uh, evil brigade. Well, it's only Muleshoe, really. I mean, you can't say anything. Brian Odom, he's good. All those other guys are good. Well, Roy Manning, maybe not so much, but everybody else, they've been cleared. Bill Biedenboe, again, certified sooner now, and particularly we proclaimed him Bill Biedenboe rock star when he said this last week. Hell, I'm going to live in Oklahoma when I retire. I got a house at Grand Lake. I mean, that's where I'm going to live. I'm not from Oklahoma. Um, I've said this before. I didn't play here, but this is my home now. Hoorah! You think we could uh, go on holiday with the Beaten Bows to Grand Lake one time? I'm sure if one man can make it happen, it's you, Steve. I mean, we could share some smokeless tobacco. Uh, they're right out there. I'm sure they've got a wonderful porch, a view of Grand Lake, and, uh, you know, that would be great. But Bill Biedenboe, back again, never went anywhere, but, you know, he was in flux like everybody else was in that staff. All of a sudden, you're scrambling, man, thanks to uh, shoe concealing this uh, flirtation and this affair that he had with Southern Cal and his agent, Trace Armstrong, flirting with LSU, flirting with USC, you know, if you could have gotten the text messages back, you know, uh, or hired a PI, maybe we would have known sooner, pardon the pun, but we didn't. But the good news is Bill Biedenboe is still on staff for OU. I think he's done a really good job. The offensive line, you know, wasn't quite up to standard last year, but overall Bill Biedenboe's done an outstanding job. Yesterday on the rush with uh, Tyler and Teddy, they had Bob Stoops on as they every have uh, Bob on with them every Tuesday and – Bob was really good again, and I love hearing this story. Bob told the guys about the hiring of Bill Biedenboe at OU. I remember sitting in Las Vegas 
had my old line job open and I'm talking to him sitting at this table. I'm not in person. I got him on the phone and I'm talking to him about what our situation's like. And anyone who knows Bill, you guys have gotten to know how gruff he can be and quick to the point. He says, Hey coach, are you going to offer me the job or what? What are we doing here? (laughs) (laughs) I said, Bill, I'm offering you the job. And uh, I had to work out a few more details, on, you know, on and uh, about it. But uh, then, then he goes, well, then I'm coming. <laughs> I love well, that. I was a little sensitive to the fact that I knew he and Dana Holgerson were good buddies. So I'm like, well, I, you know, I need to sell him on this a little bit. He just cut me off. He says, Coach, you don't need to tell me about Oklahoma. I know what Oklahoma is. There you go. I love that. Coach, you going to offer me this job or not? What are we doing here? I like it. I like it a lot. Hey, some news. Uh, Maybe not a huge surprise, but it's official because this kid, everybody in the country is interested in this kid. Tell me about the Colin Simmons offer. Oh, Colin Simmons. Yes, yes. Linebacker out of Duncanville High School. Uh, I talked to him last night after he received the offer. He is planning on visiting the weekend of March 26th. And let me tell you, Mike, the visitor list for March 26th, which is the Sooners' next big Junior Day-style recruiting weekend, is one of the more impressive unofficial visit lists in the history of the modern recruiting era Really, at the University that of Oklahoma. That good, huh? I do not know that I have seen a list this impressive at Oklahoma, and you would be hard-pressed to find a list this impressive at any program across the country on a single day. All right, well, let's hear some other names besides Colin Simmons coming to Norman March 26th that Sooner fans can get excited about. All right, well, you're going to have four-star defensive lineman, 2024 defensive lineman T.A. Cunningham out of Georgia, his good buddy C.J. Hurd, who's a four-star safety in the 2024 class, 2023 four-star wideout Kyler Casper, son of the former Iowa great Kevin Casper, all six foot five of him. So I'm trying to think who else. There are so many. Caden McDonald, another four-star defensive lineman in the 2023 class out of the state of Georgia. Again, a lot of OU DNA representing in the Southeast. And a lot of those prospects from the state of Georgia, from the state of Florida, from the state of Alabama as well. A couple of other guys from Alabama, Kavion Henderson, Jalen Mbakwe, both elite 2024 guys. That's just the tip of the iceberg, Mike. I think Brandon Drum and I have already confirmed something in the neighborhood of 25 to 30 names. When you're talking about the 2023 class, the 2024 class, and they're hosting a guy who should be a five-star in the class of 2025 in LeMason Waller out of the state of California. So, man, all told, and I didn't mention every single name there, that's just kind of a primer. This weekend of visits on March 26th has the potential to be really special for Oklahoma if they can build early momentum with a lot of these elite guys in the class of 2024 in particular. Yeah, and you're hearing so many good things about this staff, and, you know, I – I was thinking about this the other day. Look, how much of this is the newness of the staff, the excitement of the fans, because, you know, LR did a mule shoe, did a a nice job, didn't win a national championship, but you can't say the guy can't coach, certainly can't say he can't recruit. But I think Sooner fans, again, have been frustrated because they want to break through. They, they don't want to stand on the doorstep and knock anymore. They want to kick it in. That's where they are as a fan base, and I don't blame them. 
So when Brent Venables comes back and you hear about more physical football and doing the things that Sooner fans have been wanting you know, this program to do in terms of getting tougher, getting more physical, playing better defense that can win a national championship, not just a Big 12 championship, then you bring back, like I said, Jerry Schmidt and everything, uh, and you're starting to see them make some inroads in places where they haven't been you know, maybe that strong in the past or haven't even been a factor in the past. And we think, man, this staff is getting ready to do something special. And I'm thinking, now, is that the excitement and the homerism that I'm even admitting to here? Or is this something that's a reality? Because you're hearing all these stories from parents. You're hearing all these stories from kids. Best visit I've ever been to. Most organized visit. You know, these guys know what they're doing. They're getting ready to do something special at Oklahoma. How real is this, Parker, and how much of it is just the excitement and the enthusiasm of Sooner fans wanting something different? I think a lot of it has to do with the new vibes on campus. I think a lot of it has to do with the stark contrast in leadership and transparency. Or transparency. Excuse me. I don't know what two words I got jumbled up there. But I think the stark contrast between the Brent Venables regime and what people had become accustomed to or forced to become accustomed to under Muleshoe is cause for a lot of excitement. And I would be surprised if you have any less than 60,000 people at the spring game. By the way, the spring game has the opportunity to be another big weekend of visitors for Oklahoma. So you're talking about having a big haul of guys on March 5th, talking about having even more and even better guys on March 26th. You work back around to the spring game on April 23rd. We're already talking about LT Overton, the five-star defensive lineman in the class of 2022 OU legacy. He'll be one of the guys that's there at the spring game on April 23rd. There's the potential that David Hicks could be there as well. And again, those won't be the only two guys. It's going to be a very, very impressive spring for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail. And I don't know if it's going to lead to many commitments because of the Brent Venables philosophy, right? And the fact that you have to shut things down if you're going to commit to Oklahoma. So I don't know if people should expect that Oklahoma is going to secure this massive wave of commitments at the spring game or prior to then. But I do think it's going to set Oklahoma up really, really well to make some critical moves in the summer and fall for some of those guys that they've identified early on as priority targets. Oklahoma stock will not look great in the early part of the recruiting year, but once signing day rolls around, you're saying look for the Oklahoma stock to go way up, way up, uh, because of the way they're going about it. Well, and like you saw the Perry on Winfrey uh, tweet yesterday, BV made me want to suit up one more time. That man is a dog, complete culture changer. You can just feel it in the air. Michael Woods responded, Coach Venables is a dog. Jeremiah Hall, you ain't lying. When he was talking to us, I low-key wanted to suit up again. So, I mean, you're hearing all that kind of stuff, Parker, and that's got Sooner fans uh, feeling good, feeling good about what the staff is doing. And, again, you got to meet the other assistant coaches last week in the press conference, and I think everybody was very impressive. So, Sooner fans are ready, man. They, they want to kick off the spring practice session and get to the spring game ASAP because they're fired up. All right, and we're fired up, too. We've got George Stoya coming up at 1 o'clock today. Uh, Denver Gazette, there was a little bit of a trade yesterday in the National Football League with uh, Russell Wilson headed to Denver. 
in a big trade with the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk to George about that. We'll probably mix in a little OU uh, football basketball as well. That's coming up at 1 o'clock. Keep it here. You're on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, we're back. Nice bumper. Like it. Like it a lot. NBA last night, Milwaukee came into Oklahoma City and beat the Thunder 142-115. to Again, SGA had 33 points, 14 assists, 8 rebounds, 3 steals. Been playing great. Lindy Waters, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, former teammate of Trey Young there at Norman North. Knocking down threes, man. He had four 16 points for Lindy Waters. Poku uh, played pretty solid basketball again, but the Bucks won by 27. So... That's a tankathon, though. The Thunder also announced that Lou Dort, Mike Muscala, and Ty Jerome are all done for the year after having a surgery. Shoulder for Lou Dort, ankle for Mike Muscala, sports hernia for Ty Jerome. That doesn't sound good. Sports, any kind of hernia doesn't sound good. What distinguishes a sports hernia from a regular hernia? I don't know. I guess is, you, it, I, is that just a particularly athletic hernia? I guess that you get that hernia playing sports. You could have a couch hernia, right? Maybe that's what I'm more likely to get, <laughs> a sitting hernia. <laughs> a zinger's hernia? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I don't know if the couch hernia, the sitting hernia, is more painful than the sports hernia, but my guess is it probably is because at least – Ty Jerome is in shape and I'm sure eats healthy, unlike me, who eats, like I said, I am uh, I'm in the hostess conference is where I am right now, at least for breakfast food. Uh, other NBA notes, by the way, the Thunder will play at Minnesota tonight at 7 o'clock. And then Sunday, back home against Memphis, uh, the Sunday night games always tip at 6. Uh, Greg Popovich can pass... Don Nelson is the NBA's all-time winningest coach with a Spurs victory tonight at home against Toronto. Kyrie Irving had 50 in the Nets win at Charlotte last night. He made nine threes. Why is this really significant? Well, any 50-point game is impressive. He became only the second guard, though, in NBA history to have multiple 50-point games while shooting 75% from the floor. The other would be that guy, MJ, Michael Jordan. So... We'll see if Pop gets it done tonight. Don Nelson, no, I don't think that's going to bother Don Nelson. If you saw the HBO Sports profile on Don Nelson, he's become a cannabis king out in Hawaii, I think is where he lives. Oh, really? Is in Hawaii. Yeah, he's, uh, he's basically a senior citizen's version of Cheech and Chong now. All he does is smoke cigars, smoke weed, and play poker. That's pretty much it. And run his farm out there. Listen, I'm, uh, <laughs> I could live that life save for the cigars and the weed. Poker and Hawaii, 100% down. There you go. Uh, Really, you're a poker guy, huh? Oh, I love poker. Really? I I could see you being a great champion. Why aren't you out in Vegas right now, man? Well, because I don't have that much money to lay on my poker game. But I will say this. Hawaiian food is outstanding. Have you ever had Hawaiian food, Mike? Uh, No, I have not. Oh, man. Isn't, so there's, isn't like spam a delicacy in Hawaii? Though? Okay, so yes, spam is like a legit thing in Hawaii because – so I found this restaurant in Kansas City called Hawaiian Bros. I think it's a chain, and I think it's pretty nationwide or at least regionally popular. And I go in, and I order something like – you know, it's like, a, it's like teriyaki chicken over rice, and there's fresh pineapple, and it was delicious, delicious. Don't get me wrong. But I look up at the menu, and there's like, there's like, it's like, it's like fr- pan fried spam that you can order at this restaurant. They love spam, man. They love spam in Hawaii. I don't understand why, because 
all the other food is just like super clean, like healthy, super flavorful. And then you have spam. How did spam get I, in the mix I don't there? know. I do not know because spam has always been, you kind of think, man, you're kind of at the bottom of the barrel. And uh, all right, I guess we'll have some spam. You know, we had spam a couple times growing up. I, I I don't know. It was it was always coming out of that funky can too that looks really weird. Uh huh. But I don't know. But yeah, apparently is a delicacy. All and of course they a lot of pineapple in Hawaii. Yes, the pineapple was that same. I also I also had pineapple based soft serve. I think it's like I think the deal is they don't make it with dairy or anything like that. Like it's completely dairy free. Like vegan, but it's super delicious. I'm not usually the type of person like it's like oh you know give me give me the vegan stuff. But it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're eating vegan when you eat this tropical soft serve. It's I guess the base is frozen bananas and pineapple or something like that. But Sounds that was good. how I that was how I capped off my meal. It was teriyaki chicken with rice, some fresh pineapple. And then the soft serve to well, close it out. The good news for Dylan Gabriel and uh, Jonah Lalulu. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Lalulu. Lalulu. Uh, you know, is that Jocelyn Allo was here to cook Hawaiian meals for them right off the bat. I haven't gotten the invite yet. Yeah. You, you and I'm not sure why. Well. I sit here giving them love on the radio mm-hmm. every single day. And yeah. I can't even get some teriyaki chicken out of the deal. Hey, speaking of pineapple, uh, I don't know if they make it anymore over there, but Sooner Dairy Lunch used to have a pineapple shake that was out of this world awesome. Pineapple shake. Sooner Dairy Lunch. If anybody knows if Sooner Dairy Lunch still has it, let us know on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. I'm sure they will. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. All right, we get a lot of people. We've got a lot of people chiming in already on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. So let's go there right now and even info on spam. Yes. So one listener says, during World War II, spam kept the Pacific Islands alive. They really? grew to love it. Oh, wow. Another listener said the same thing. They love spam because of the military back in the Pearl Harbor days. See, I did not know that. I always heard it was a delicacy over there and that they love spam. Okay, we that have. That only makes sense now. Thank you for the. Uh, thank you so much for the history lesson. That's good info. One of our listeners says there is a Hawaiian Bros in Yukon, and I will be driving to Yukon as soon as we're off the air. Mm hmm. That is what that means. Are you really? Oh, my goodness. I, I had no idea. Wow. I had no idea there was one that close. Look at I-40. I will make Here the pilgrimage Parker. to Yukon, Oklahoma for Hawaiian bros, and right. I will think nothing of it. Uh, by the way, and both of these texts are coming in from the 918. Good to hear from people in the 918. We love them up in green country. It's called the Pineapple Whip. The Pineapple, pineapple whip. whip. So we've got some people who were obviously in Norman, either at OU or grew up in Norman, and know all about the Pineapple Whip at Sooner Dairy Lunch. Man, that was that was awesome. Good stuff. Oh, boy. So, uh, Doug in Norman is pissed again. Doug says... Thanks for singing the praises of J.P. Losman. You only want to hire the best for OU football. By the way, he was 33-34 and 34 in the NFL, and the only ring he ever won was with the Las Vegas Locomotives in something called the United Football League. But come to think of it, that was Teddy Lehman's only ring, too. What? 
Doug from Norman we were, just loves to get on the text line and cause trouble. All we were trouble. saying is that the guy was like, throwing passes at Pro Day and looked pretty good at the age of 38. <laughs> Doug, listen, Doug from Norman. If you actually believe that we were serious about endorsing J.P. Lozman as NFL comeback material after a decade out of the league, I don't know what to tell you. The sarcasm clearly flew over your head. But regardless, J.P. Lozman, like basically all I was trying to indicate in talking up J.P. Lozman was that NFL quarterbacks that wash out of the league mm. are still pretty dang good. Yeah, Even I mean, ten years later, you weren't uh, you weren't saying that he was going to go make an NFL roster. I, I didn't hear that, but Doug, I, he was. I did see his text about Alex Karras. He knows what he's talking about, though. He's around on the money there. It was Alex Karras and Paul Horning who were suspended. We were talking about Calvin Ridley yesterday, and they were suspended for gambling on football back in the day. I don't know. One uh, listener says, Doug, you got to understand a lot of what we say. You know, it's all it's it's sarcasm. And uh, I've always said my business if- card should say Mike Steely, professional bull mm, artist. I don't know if Doug has a category for humor. He doesn't seem like that type of person. But I will say his stuff that he puts in uh, is usually he, – he knows his stuff, though. It just needs – don't take things so seriously. Okay, so one listener says, did you all hear the story on the Plank Show where J.P. Lozman threw at Clemson and a pro scout asked him if he wanted to come back in the league? Really? That's Jeez, a, there you go. Look, we're not completely insane here. That's 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 crazy. See, I didn't know, again, uh, the uh, the pineapple whip ice cream is the best. So it's actually, you guys would call it more of ice ice cream than a shake. Because I always had, you can have, drink it through a straw, uh, and you can use a spoon. So I guess it's just a, it's a wonderful concoction is what it is. Unbelievable. One listener says there is a place that says pineapple, there's a place that sells pineapple whip about one minute from my house. Where do you live? Yes, we need an address so we can Google Maps it, all right? Let us know. Drop the pin. Drop the pin immediately. (laughs) Another listener says it's also popular because a long time ago you could not ship meat to Hawaii because it would spoil before it got there. Thus, spam was the solution. Yeah. Interesting. I, I didn't even think about really that. That's really good. See, somebody has learned. Well, a lot of people have learned the history of spam. Is there Was there a, uh, like, documentary on the history of spam? I just remember the funky little can it came in and thinking, you know, some we had it a couple times as kids, and it wasn't horrible, but it just looked weird, you know, coming out in that preservative that was in the can. You Maybe know? that'll be my excuse to go to Hawaii is make a documentary on the local love of spam. Somebody said Doug is a freaking idiot. Well, Doug just has differing opinions. You know, he's just he just has differing opinions. That's fine, man. That's what makes the world go round. All right, uh, man. Hey, Doug. Teddy won has a national championship ring from what is the rest of that? St. Louis Jack. Yes, that's right. He does. Yeah. J.P. Lozman does not. Tulane I, never won a title. I, I thought that, yeah, I thought that would be understood. But yes, if you want to put that out there, Jack, you were exactly right. So I didn't know uh, it had been so long since I had the pineapple. I thought it was a shake, but everybody's telling me it's pineapple whip. But I can tell you, man, it, you will hear the angels sing when you have a bite of that stuff. It is so good. It's awesome. All right, we're going to take a break right here. Good to have you with us. Riverwind Casino. Great, great promotions happening in this great month of March, including the $80,000 courtside cash promotional giveaway. Drawing is happening on Friday night. Get out there from 6 to 1130. Hopefully the snow won't hit us too bad. It won't be too slick. 
uh, and we'll get a break and get out there and win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play. They also award a couple of grand prize winners just before midnight Friday night with all those great drawings at Riverwind. And the $80,000 Land Into Luxury promotion gets underway March 13th. You can play with your wild card on Sunday and Thursdays to get 10 times the entries. That's what you can do. 10 times the entries Sundays and Thursdays. Be there for the drawing on March 26th when somebody wins a brand-new 2022 Cadillac XT5. Best promotions, best giveaways, best restaurants, dining, best service, best everything at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. All right, we are back. Bowling for Soup, man. I forgot all about Bowling for Soup. Pretty good song, though. All right, welcome back. You know, uh, sometimes you even get late in life. Like, you know, my mom always says, Michael, you're not old, but I'm starting to feel that way. You know, I'm approaching 59. So, And you learn something that you, well, when you learn something for the first time, you just learn something, right, that you didn't know. And uh, a lot of the things particularly about athletes and things that have happened sports-wise here, I think I know quite a bit because I've been around for a long time and been covering the Oklahoma sports scene. One thing I didn't know was when I was doing uh, you know, my prep work uh, this morning, we have the World Golf Hall of Fame introducing new members tonight, including that guy, Tiger Woods, who will be introduced by his daughter, Sam, tonight in the World Golf Hall of Fame. Also, Former Commissioner Tim Fincham will go in tonight, as will Susie Maxwell Burning, great former female golfer, LPGA player. She was born in California, but she played her high school golf. She came in her teens to live in Oklahoma and ended up getting a scholarship to Oklahoma City University. Eventually, she would go on to win four U.S. Open. She is going into the World Golf Hall of Fame tonight, along with the greatest of all time, Tiger Woods. Sorry, Jack. Real close, but edge to Tiger. Um, but here's something I didn't know. I Because when I saw Susie Maxwell burning, I thought immediately, there are Oklahoma connections there, right? Because uh, I hadn't heard the name in a while. But when I saw it last night, I thought, all right, got to wiki it. And yes, uh, won the Oklahoma High School Championship three years in a row. Uh, won the USAM, won uh, multiple U.S. Open, so she had a great career, obviously, which is now a Hall of Fame career. But I didn't know this, that her golf coach at Oklahoma City University was... Ted Roof? Abe Lemons. Oh, Abe Lemons. Abe Lemons, who is known as one of the great characters ever uh, in the realm of coaching and was a highly successful basketball coach at OCU, Went to Texas, came back to OCU, had that rivalry with Eddie Sutton when he was at Texas. Abe Lemon, still the funniest man in sports that I have ever talked to. Just a great guy uh, and super hilarious. I remember Billy Tubbs always had some great one-liners, and I remember Billy. And Billy, when he would get up and give a press conference, when he was speaking like to a group, Billy was always super funny. And they had the press conference for the All-College up there uh, one year. Uh, and this was Abe's second stint back at OCU. And this is when the all-college was still going in the myriad. And Billy got up there, and he was really good. But Billy was like the warm-up act. And then Abe got up there and absolutely slayed everybody. Just hilarious. The guy, you know, what did he say when he got fired at Texas? He always wanted to 
He always wanted to drive back through Austin in a glass-bottom car. And somebody asked him, why is that, Abe? And he said, because I want to run over the people who fired me, and I can see the expressions on their faces. That's an Abe Lemons deal. Uh, once made his team go through shirts and skin scrimmage at halftime in Madison Square Garden when they didn't play well. That's Abe Lemons. Abe Lemons was the guy who asked the official, can you give me a technical for what I'm thinking? And the official said no. And he said, well, then I think you, boop, boop, you know, and got teed up. <laughs> Jim Balbano used that later in life, too, but that was an Abe Lemons original. So, But Abe Lemons, I, I guess for a while, was the golf coach also at OCU. And one of the things that he did, and this is right out of the Abe playbook, he would match uh, her against men's players. And when signing her up to play in some of these events, he would just say, uh, he, he signed her up as Sam Maxwell, like Sam uh, Maxwell. Uh, hmm. And she would, all of a sudden this female would show up and kick everybody's butt. But that sounds just like something out of Abe Lemon's playbook. So I don't know. I just never knew that. I had heard the name. I knew there were Oklahoma ties there. I knew she was a great player. I had no idea that Abe Lemons was her initial golf coach at Oklahoma City University. By the way, news as we hit the end of the hour here. Carson Wentz is headed to the Washington Commanders. Really? For two third-round picks. These quarterbacks are moving, man. Well, Russell Wilson, speaking of Russell Wilson, we're going to have George Stoya coming up here uh, right at the top of the hour. Denver Gazette, former Sooner, uh, you know, great writer out of the uh, OU Daily. And uh, I've always said we've got the, uh, the the biggest star out of the electronic side of the J School in Parker here. And the biggest on the print side was George. So we'll have them both together again. It's like two superheroes, young superheroes. And we'll have George coming up to start hour number two. Next, right here on The Ref. We have a ton of good texts coming in, and uh, we got a lot of smart people, a lot of smart people, ladies and gentlemen out there on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hang in there. We're going to get to them all. We've got George Stoya coming up here in just a minute. We're going to talk about the big news with the Broncos, with Russell Wilson coming to the Mile High City here in just a second. We will get to all of your texts. I promise you, uh, whoever sent the uh, text in that said it was DeLos Dodds who Abe wanted to run over, you are correct. He always said, I got fired by a track coach. All he had to say was run fast and turn left. That's it. <laughs> so, yes, it was DeLos Dodds who broke up the Big 12 and angered Abe Lemons. You are right. All right, do we have George ready to go? We do indeed. Ready Whoa, to hear from right. him? Ready George to dive Stoya. in? George, uh, how the, the past 24 hours been? A little bit busy? Yeah, just a little bit, Steely. It's been uh, quite the whirlwind. It was funny. Yesterday, you know, we were all on Aaron Rodgers' watch here at Denver, and uh, once he obviously had his decision announced, I think everybody kind of closed their laptops for the day and uh, thought we were done with the news, and I think it was only about an hour and a half later that the uh, Russell Wilson stuff popped up. So it was, it was pretty unexpected, I would say. Now, George, the Broncos gave up a lot to bring in Russell Wilson, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-rounder, and three players, one of whom is their outstanding young tight end, Noah Fant. What do you think? Is this a win-win for the two organizations involved? Do you feel like the Broncos got the better end? Do you feel like the Seahawks got the better end? How do you feel like this all shakes out in the end? Well, I mean, it's always hard to predict um, you know, who won or lost the trade until you know, really uh, a year or two or even further down the line. I mean, you look at uh, the Rams last year, I think a lot of people thought 
Um, maybe they gave up too much for, for Matt Stafford, and it turned out to be um, a fantastic trade. They went on to win the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, if we're sitting here next year talking about the Broncos winning a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson or even in the next two or three years or however long he stays in Denver, then obviously the Broncos won the trade. Now, I think that, like you said, Seattle can also win this trade, uh, but it really largely depends on, you know, what those picks end up being uh, and who, who they get at those picks. So I think it's hard to say right now. It is a lot to give up, but when you talk about Russell Wilson and the caliber, caliber of quarterback that he's been in his career and what the Broncos think he can be, which is a top-five quarterback in the league, I think it's absolutely worth it, and especially when you consider uh, where the Broncos have been at quarterback the past, I think, six years now. I think they've had 11 different guys since Peyton Manning's retirement, and none of them have panned out. Uh, and obviously, Russell is, is the most talented of that group. I think it was definitely some, it's definitely worth it. The, the fan base has been hungry to have a good quarterback play, and I think they finally got their guy. And when you talk about a roster uh, that's already you know made to win other than the quarterback spot uh, and the weapons that they have around them, and then also you look on the defensive side of the ball for the Broncos, this is a team that could legitimately make a run next season. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl because I think you look at the AFC and, and all the great quarterbacks and teams, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert with the Chargers, Joe Burrow with the Bengals, I mean, it's a really tough conference right now in the AFC and, and d- tough division in, in the AFC West. So it's going to be tough, but the Broncos, are, I think, are going to be right in the thick of it with Russell Wilson leading the way. We, we've seen this movie before in Denver, sort of, with Peyton Manning, and that ended up, you know, the, the character arc for Peyton Manning in Denver, great start. You know, he and Wes Welker were tearing it up, and then all of a sudden he was throwing interceptions left and right, and he comes back and, and wins a Super Bowl. Uh, and Peyton Manning obviously still had a superior Einstein-like football brain late in his career. He wasn't quite the the quarterback that he used to be physically, but it, it, Peyton was almost stronger than anybody else mentally in terms of just being able to execute an offense. With Russell Wilson, I know he's still 33 years old, but he is a superior athlete to Peyton and still has mobility. Their offensive line was horrible in Seattle. Uh, but, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, when you say, man, he's 33 years old, but Russell Wilson can still make plays, it looks to me like, George. Yeah, definitely, and, and I think that the, the quote that was going around yesterday is earlier this season, he said he wants to play 10 more years. He wants to play till he's maybe 45 years old, which would honestly, I mean, we, we've seen that with Tom Brady. I don't know if, if Russ can get to that point, but uh, if that's the if that's really what what he wants to do, and now we know that he wants to be in Denver, he wants to play for the Broncos, um, and he has a good relationship with the GM George Payton. I mean, you could see Russell Wilson playing the next ten years uh, here in Denver. You know, starting his, his career in Seattle, and that's why it's a little bit different than the Peyton Manning situation. And obviously, Manning too was coming off a very severe injury uh, with his neck, and a lot of people didn't know if he could be the same quarterback. Whereas Russell Wilson, other than this last year with his with his finger uh, having that injury that I think kept him out about a month, he's really had no injury issues. So he's obviously in really good shape. Uh, you know, he's he's been injury free most of his career. He's relatively young uh, in, in terms of you know veteran quarterbacks that have had a lot of experience. I, I think that this is a really good move for the Broncos. And there's a lot of people here that felt like while everyone was saying Aaron Rodgers was, was Plan A for the Broncos at 38 years old, I think that a lot of people. We're preferring uh, Russell Wilson, you know, being five years younger and having him for a little bit longer than, say, Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, might be on his last leg uh, in Green Bay. So I, I think it's definitely 
you know, worth it for, for the Broncos in terms of short-term and long-term. Now, taking into account the presence of Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and now Russell Wilson, George, uh, you can very legitimately make the argument that Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in his division. And I'm not convinced there's ever been a better worst quarterback in any division in NFL history than Derek Carr. So do you think the Broncos going out and acquiring Russell Wilson is it makes sense on more than one level in that Sure, it addresses a position of need that the team has had since the departure of Peyton Manning after the 2015 season, but it also is what you need to keep up with the Joneses in the AFC West. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that getting Russell Wilson automatically puts them probably in second place in that division. And the only reason I don't say that they're arguably the most talented team uh, in the AFC West is because until I see somebody beat the Chiefs in that division uh, and, and dethrone them, in the AFC West, you know, I, I'm not going to put anybody above them. And you also have to take into account Patrick Mahomes is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, if not number two. Uh, and so I, I think that obviously the Broncos return a lot of guys. I mean, especially on that defensive side of the ball, I think they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They, they finished, you know, I think third in total defense last season and scoring defense. Uh, so obviously, and, and almost all those guys are back this season. Uh, and then you look on the offensive side of the ball, you know, they've got really good weapons uh, in Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, you know, giving up Noah Fant, but um, they've got some guys that they believe in at that position and probably going to draft it, maybe a young tight end too. So I think that they've got all the right pieces in place. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all meshes together. And obviously they have a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, um, who I think is really creative on offense, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he, he gets all these personalities in the locker room together. Uh, because I do think that they have one of the more talented teams, not only in the AFC West, like I said, uh, but in the AFC and, and really in the NFL when you when you look top to bottom. George, I know you've got more radio shows to get to. Uh, we're happy to get 10 minutes of your time today. Thanks so much for coming on with us. Good stuff. And uh, try and get a little rest, man. I know that this has been hectic for you, but we appreciate your time. I'll sleep in June, Steely. That's that's what I say. I'll sleep in June. But thanks for having me on, guys. There you go. George Stoy at Denver Gazette. Really great writer, great young writer. And uh, obviously the big news there was the uh, the trade for Russell Wilson. Yeah, that division, as you talked about, when you talk about Mahomes and Justin Herbert and uh, now Russell Wilson and uh, Derek Carr, yeah, pretty good. And the AFC, man, is starting to look pretty stacked, right? When you throw Buffalo in the mix, you throw, uh, you know, the Ravens are always going to be a threat when they're healthy and Lamar Jackson's healthy. Cincinnati now is obviously a major player with what they're doing. Yeah, the AFC runs deep deep specifically with quarterbacks. A lot of very good quarterbacks in the AFC. No doubt about it. Maybe uh, J.P. Lozman can uh, hook on with somebody who really Well, the Colts got a vacancy right? I mean, now. Come on, there you go, the J.P. The Colts got a vacancy. There you go. After uh, he was slinging lasers, apparently, out there at OU's Pro Day today, throwing to uh, – it was Mike Woods, and who else was, was uh, running routes? Uh, Jeremiah Hall was, and That's Kennedy right. Brooks was. There you go. Kennedy Brooks, uh, not bad numbers-wise. Uh, you know, he's, we knew he wasn't a speedster, but man, he is a very, how would, he's a very patient, smart runner. You know, he's the guy that, uh, waits for that hole to develop and has deceptive speed. And again, he's, he's never been a burner, but 
He's a very smart running back, and I think he's got a chance to, uh, you know, have have a nice little career in the NFL. Running backs, you know, that position they like to load up on them, and if you've got if you've got a couple of them, I mean, there are exceptions to that rule. Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson in his prime, guys like that. But uh, I, I think you'll have a chance to latch on and play some somewhere. Kennedy Brooks will be a late round steal for some lucky NFL franchise. He's a guy that has never had any one trait that just jumps off the page at you, but he just does his job and does it well. Like He runs easy, he's smart, he's fluid, he breaks tackles, he's got burst. He's a complete running back, and he's not an elite running back, but he is certainly a complete one. No doubt. And there is value in that at the professional level. All right, we're going to take a break right here. We want to thank our friends uh, over in Paul's Valley at the Seth Wadley Auto Group there in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck from Seth Wadley in Paul's Valley. Greatest guarantee in the automotive industry, and that is oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Coming right back, we'll head right back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line next. All right, speaking of the big event coming up, we've got the 68-team giveaway happening on Monday, noon to 7, Buffalo Wild Wings right there on I-35 Service Road in Moore, presented by the Central Oklahoma GMC dealers. A lot of prizes to be given away. JR's Barbecue Supply Company, uh, Extreme Outdoor Equipment, Buffalo Wild Wings, OEC Fiber, and more. Providing prizes for you. Yeti cups, hotel packages, concert tickets, Bluetooth speakers, signed books, and spider boards from T-Row. Instant cash winners, gift certificates for shopping and dining, rounds of golf water. Uh, golf water park passes, not golf water park passes. Let me put uh, the insert the comma there. A golf water park? Yes. That actually sounds like that a sounds tremendous like, new business venture. That sounds like you go down a slide, then you play a miniature hole, then you go on another slide, and then you play hole number two. I mean, there's the idea right there. One slide, one hole. But no, rounds of golf, water park passes. Put the comma in, old man. Free T-shirts and so much more in our 68-team giveaway happening on Monday Noon to 7, I-35 Service Road, location of Buffalo Wild Wings. All this presented by the Central Oklahoma GMC dealers. Those uh, spotter boards, I think, are cool. You know, and uh, the signed books from T-Row. I mean, as far as I know, T-Row's the only author here, man. He is the only author here. You haven't written anything besides like a thesis in college, right? No, I have not written anything that has been published. I, I wrote a couple of these theses, I guess, that most of them were, you know, copied and pasted. But, you know, you were taking the chance on the professor's not going to look at this. There are too many to look at. I always did really well on blue book exams. Blue book exams. Where you would write an essay in the blue book, you know, and to a question. And because I was always good at writing BS, too. So I'd usually get, man, I had no idea what I was talking about in that. Then I'd get the blue book back and it'd be like B plus. I'm like, seriously? Really? We want to get some. Do we want to get to some outstanding content via the Twitterverse? Absolutely. Actually, actually, you know what? Text line. Let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line first. We got a bunch of good stuff on there. We can get all those in. They're good. Ask Steely if he's still giving away a copy of Abe Lemon's book. <laughs> I had Abe's book. I should, uh, but I don't have any extras left. But, look, man, I loved Abe because 
Uh, I always thought he was hilarious growing up. I remember he opened up when he was the uh, head coach at Texas on his coach's show. Abe opened up the show by raising the lid on a casket when they were being counted out in the uh, in the conference. And, you know, it's the Abe Lemon Show brought to you by blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden there's this casket and he opens up the lid on the casket and says, we ain't dead yet. I mean, that's Abe Lemons. And when he was late, you know, late in his life, when I was the uh, sports director of Fox 25, we did a story on him and on he and Eddie Sutton's rivalry at Texas and Arkansas because it was coming up on an anniversary. And uh, Abe gave me some old footage of the that Nike had done a documentary on them. We had to dub it from VHS and put it on our computer so we could have some some video to go with uh, with the story. And then I ended up going over there a couple more times and just shooting the you know what with that uh, with Abe and he was just still great. Abe Lemons also told me this. He said you couldn't have a better friend in life than Bobby Knights. Really? Yes, he was really close. He and and uh, Bobby Knight were super close. I mean, Bob Knight, I'm sure to this day, still is uh, loves Abe Lemons. So. Okay, to the Twitterverse. All right, we have a spring top twenty-five release from one R.J. Young. Okay. Now, I'm imagining many of our listeners are familiar with R.J. Young. If you're not. Well, suffice it to say, his takes are generally panned, almost universally. Uh, here's what we got in R.J. Young's spring top 25. Uh, I, I want you to guess each team as I go through. So who do you think number one is? Uh, Bama. Okay, good. So we're, we're clear on that. Thankfully, he has Alabama at one. Okay. So we don't have immediate cause for uh, concern If you right put Muleshoe in the top ten, I, I, I'm not going to be able to handle you, it. You want to know who he has at number two? Uh, let's see. I'm not going Georgia. I'm going to go Ohio State. That would track with R.J. Young's uh, seemingly undying devotion to Ohio State University. Ohio State's actually at three. Number two is Texas A&M. Really? Hmm. Okay. Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies, the number two team in college football, according to RJ. And number four, the defending national champions, Georgia. Baylor at five. Okay. You want to take a guess at who's number six? Uh, SC. Arkansas. Really? Man, that is – look, Sam Pittman's done a nice job there, but that's a little bit of a reach. That's a lot of bit of a reach. Okay, let's skip down a little ways. You have Notre Dame at seven, Utah at eight. I can understand those. Where where do you want to guess OU is ranked? Um, let's see. RJ, you know, I've only met RJ once. I have I have respect for him because he built that YouTube channel by himself, which was pretty impressive. Uh, don't agree with all his takes, but I'm gonna say he also doesn't want to be perceived as an OU homer, so I'm gonna go fourteen. You're very close. Thirteen. Okay. Yes. Do you want to take a guess at where USC appears? Hmm. 15. Actually, significantly lower. 23. Really? Yes. Do you want to take a guess at where Texas appears? Um, man. 18. You're close. 20. Where's Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State's at number 15. Okay. So OU is where? 13? 13. 
All right. Well, I don't know. Are, are people overrating Baylor a little bit, in your opinion? Um, I don't think people are overrating Baylor. No, I don't. Where did he have Baylor, though? You said was that at he, number five. At number five? Yeah. Which is where they finished in the final poll I of mean, look, that's a, Dave Arand is a heck of a coach. Most boring press conference in the history of press conferences, but he can coach him up, there's no doubt. Uh, the Sooners have Baylor at home. That's, that's good for OU. And they have Oklahoma State at home. But, uh, yeah, it's – we might as well put Bama pretty much number one just about every year, right? Until Nick Saban's gone. Yeah, I'm very much of the opinion you make Alabama the preseason number one every year until Nick Saban is cold in the grave. Uh, you know what's interesting to me is to see Wake Forest cropping up towards the top of so many of these early top 25 predictions. I get they had a good season last year, but... Mm-hmm. That's still Wake Forest we're talking about. Is Alondis Williams going to play football, too? Hey, who knows? <laughs> By the way. Look, he'd go was, to New York based on what happened you know, with basketball. Everybody thought, yeah, Alondis Williams, he'll get to Wake his Forest. Stat he won't play line, a lot. ACC player of the year. His stat line at Wake Forest this past year, like, he averaged more points this year at Wake Forest than he did in JUCO. Mm, impressive, man. And you can talk about the ACC being down, whatever. That That's amazing. All right, we've got a bunch of texts, so let's get to uh, as many of those as we can. <laughs> Top one. Whoa, Oklahoma <laughs> City University was the first school sponsored by Nike beginning in 1984. Is that legit? Wow, I, sounds right to me. Uh, the guy also said that his dad, my dad played for Abe at OCU, and I worked for him his second tour in, in his second tour as a chief when we were Division One. OCU was, yeah, like you said, that's that's impressive. Yeah, I, those OCU teams, Abe's first stint there, they were awesome, man. They really were, and uh, Abe would get up and down the floor. I just look, I, Abe was a man. That's all I'm saying. Classic. Hey, we've got to have some Abe Lemons on YouTube out there or something. No, I'm sure. You can find anything on YouTube these days. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty Need much. Need to dig up some Abe Lemons one-liners. Where is Clemson, asks uh, somebody on the uh, on the list. Well, according RJ. to R.J. Young, they're number 12. Okay. Yes. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Clemson. I, I don't expect them to fall off the face of the earth, but there were some people last year – predicting that uh, Clemson wouldn't be college football royalty like in the next five years. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go. I've still got to see more slippage. And last year was an offensive issue. Uh, The defense still played well. And, again, what what did they finish, 9-3, and something like that? 9-3, and It's not like they had a horrendous season, and one of those losses was to Georgia. In a really close game to start the season. 10-3 game. In which the only touchdown was a pick six. Yeah, that was it. Man, two pretty good defenses. That was a great there, football game. Man, it was like, for a defense people, for a defensive struggle. It was like some people will watch games like that and just be like, "This is horrible football." I don't know how anyone endures this. I I I, I don't know if I'm anachronistic, and that's the reason why I appreciate it. But defensive struggles like that, stalemate type of environments. Those get me going. I love college football games that play out like that. Yeah, it was an interesting opening game, that's for sure, to start the season. All right. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions tax line available to you at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. 
39. Thank you again to Seth Wadley and the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal there. And don't forget, oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on a Wednesday. And, uh, man, uh, OU Baylor tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. We'll hear from Porter Moser when we get back. Do the Sooners have a shot? You know, one of the old cliches, ladies and gentlemen, in the world of sports, it's very difficult to beat a team three times. Is that BS or is there something to it? We'll hear from Porter Moser when we get back here on The Ref. Ah, a little Gloria Gaynor. There we go. The Sooners will be trying to survive when they take on Baylor uh, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Sorry, uh, Ted Lehman and I were engaged in very serious uh, radio-related conversations there during the break. Very serious. Why do, why do you feel the need to apologize for I, that? I, I just felt like I came back like 30 seconds late, or did I? No, okay, Glo- good, Gloria good. had that covered. All right, yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, so the Sooners, again, uh, will play Baylor tomorrow night in Kansas City. Now, they played very well in that first game in Waco against Baylor. And, that they did. Uh, they had a shot. You're thinking, man, Oklahoma might actually win this game. And then Baylor, uh, you know, made the plays down the stretch, ended up winning by 10, 84-74. The uh, loss in Norman was not pretty. Turnover issues left and right. I think the Sooners had, like, Eight straight possessions with a turnover, and they lost 65-51. to Even though they played really, really badly in the first half, they were only down four at halftime. But they're 0-2 against the Baylor Bears, and despite the injuries that uh, Baylor has had to deal with, they're playing excellent basketball right now. So Porter Moser's team, though, they have won three straight. If you can beat Baylor, right now OU's net rating is 42, which is pretty, pretty, pretty good. And you could get get maybe to like the 35 range if you beat Baylor. That would be your fourth straight win. And it would be your fifth win against the top 15 team. So the resume looks pretty darn good. If you can beat Baylor, that might be enough to get you in. Now, it's going to be a very precarious spot to be in if you – uh, you know, you beat Baylor, you, at least you've got the door swings open a little bit more for Oklahoma to get to the tournament. You think it'll be kicked in, right, pretty much, if they beat Baylor? I think this, like I said, I think this is your play-in game. If you beat Baylor, it doesn't matter what happens, what happens from there on out. To me, you're in the tournament. You get to 18 wins in the Big 12, you are in the field of 68. If you lose, you're done. You're going to the NIT. Yeah, and uh, I, I think most people believe because Porter Moser, again, with this team, you'll have a lot of guys coming back. Again, you're going to lose Ethan Shagwa. You're going to lose uh, Jordan Goldwire. And we'll see what's going to happen with a guy like Mo Gibson. But, you know, you get extra basketball in the NIT, so you would probably take that. Now, whether or not Oklahoma would want to play at, at the LNC or not, in front of what would probably be small crowds, I don't know. But we'll see. You've got to play this game with Baylor, though, first, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on ESPN. And one thing that Porter Moser thinks right now that's that's obviously a positive is thinks his team is playing its best basketball. I feel we are. And I think we're getting contributions from more guys than we've ever had. And uh, whether we've had an injury here, Ethan was out, or a concussion by Bijan, or, you know, CJ had his knee, and Marvin had some his ankle. Like, we just – it just seemed like it was a rotation. Now we know EJ's been out, but I feel like everybody else is 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 ready to go, and they've gotten valuable 
contributions. They've all made valuable contributions to where their confidence levels up. Marvin's had some good games. CJ's had some good games. Bijan, Jacob, Ethan. That's now we're deeper. And I, I've said this to nauseum that like we've got to develop our bench. And we've had some growing pains with that. Um, but I feel like we really hit on it yesterday. We should be really confident that we got a lot of guys that that con contributed in that Kansas State game. We got a lot of guys that can contribute in this Baylor game and feel confident with that. And I think that's it. I think we're in a good place with that, that we feel like like the guys coming off the bench, it's not gonna be, it's not it's just not gonna go downhill. And uh that's what we gotta we gotta have. Yeah, and uh, Marvin Johnson again. And think of the games where Marvin Johnson has made plays for Oklahoma at West Virginia before he had the ankle injury. And then Saturday in Manhattan, he played very well, and he closed out Bedlam in overtime with that steal and layup. So uh, maybe he becomes a bigger factor again for the Sooners down the stretch. Jordan Goldwire has been playing good basketball, the former Duke Blue Devil. Uh, playing out his college career at the University of Oklahoma, says uh, right now, you know, the Sooners know where they are, but they're not giving up the fight. I think it's just been a lot of positivity, uh, not even just this week, but, you know, in the last three games that we won, uh, every practice and everything that we've done to prepare for all those games, everybody's just been super locked in, positive, coming going in with a clear head. So um, I think at this point, you know, it's fair game. Like I said, uh, once we get to the tournament, it is fair game. So right now, just try to lock in and focus on one game at a time. You know, we've kind of been fighting for our lives these last three games. You know, it's not good that we're in that position, but it's just kind of like, you know, we're giving it all we got every single game. So, you know, it's, it's not a good position to be in, you know, fighting, but I wouldn't um, ask for it any other way. You know, just if you're a competitor, then this is the uh, situation that you want to be in. If you know, you, you love the game and you know, these are experiences that you'll never forget. All right, there you go. Jordan Goldwire and the Sooners tomorrow, Baylor at uh, 6 o'clock on ESPN. We'll see if the Sooners can uh, can get it done somehow. Uh, by the way, NBA last night, Bucks beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 142-115. to 115. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, man, he is still tearing it up. 33 points, 14 assists, 8 boards, 3 steals. Guy's a star, man. He keeps getting better and better. Lindy Waters, that's a big story, Parker, what he's done. Trey Young's teammate at Norman North went on to Oklahoma State, had a really solid career for the Cowboys, uh, worked his way through the G League, and, man, he's looking like he might stick somewhere in the NBA. You can shoot threes like that, and he had four and nine last night. Uh, but but he's you know he he looks athletic also he's got a great he's always had a really good looking shot um, and good for Lindy Waters sixteen points again last night Poku I think still playing pretty well had thirteen points seven rebounds four assists and another one of his patented Poku outlet passes Giannis had a big night for Milwaukee with thirty nine Chris Middleton with twenty five Greg Popovich can pass Don Nelson as the NBA's all time winningest coach tonight. If San Antonio beats the Toronto Raptors this evening in San Antonio, uh, are you a Greg Popovich fan? Kind of. I respect Pop. I feel about Pop how I do about Bill Belichick. Don't necessarily like him, but I respect him. By the way, have also confirmed that there are several Hawaiian Bros locations in Dallas. Really, so that is where I will be eating on Friday evening. So Hawaiian Bros, you said in Yukon also. Yes, there's one in Yukon. Did you know that I had a buddy in the radio business, uh, my, my friend Lump, who lived in Yukon and drove a Mustang, 
And then when he moved to Mustang, he drove a Yukon. <laughs> How weird is that? Oh, that's kind of backwards. It is very weird, is it not? But I may have to try this place. Hawaiian Brothers. And you're saying really, 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 like, super very awesome, yes. five-star. Clean food, very simple menu, not a whole lot of bells and whistles. Can you gorge Just, yourself? Can you, you, oh, you can gorge yourself. Full-on gluttony possibilities? I mean, hey, they got... Uh, once you get done with your spam, Mike, you can have all different flavors of that uh, pineapple whip or whatever. Somebody said on the text line when we got into the spam conversation because we were talking about uh, you know the Sooner women going to Hawaii for the Rainbow Classic. They'll be, play Baylor seven thirty tomorrow night. Cal Friday at seven thirty, uh, Friday night, uh, and then Hawaii late at ten o'clock Saturday against uh, Hawaii again at four o'clock. And Jocelyn Allo will hit the uh, record breaking homer this weekend. Really, you're predicting? Yeah. Oh it? yeah, yeah, it's going to happen this weekend. It was meant to be for her to do it in Hawaii, but we were talking about Hawaiian cuisine because Dylan Gabriel talking about how cool it was to have Jocelyn Allo here, and she made a Hawaiian meal for uh, for Dylan Gabriel. You know? I need to learn how to make. Hawaiian teriyaki chicken because it is so good. And I brought up the fact that you, did you know that spam is like a delicacy in Hawaii? And we were wondering why, and we got all our answers on the text line. It, it was because of Pearl Harbor and the military, and uh, spam became a big item out there. And uh, you know, people were letting us in on and all that how that came about. But somebody mentioned on the text line, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Spam and fried potatoes together about two or three times a year is really good. You don't mm. want to wear it out. Mm. Fri- Pan-fried potatoes are really good. Pan-fried potatoes, oh my goodness. Those are like, why don't we make pan-fried potatoes more? Is, because they take a long time do to they? make. Well, yes. Be- yes. I'm not suggesting that, Shay, don't, uh, I don't need pan-fried potatoes. But when they're made, oh my gosh, they're awesome. The potatoes are very versatile player play every position pretty much i might go home tonight and try to make my own hawaiian food i might delve into i might find a recipe online and just make my own hawaiian bros you know go for it that's that's the thing is about when you're out of college mike i feel like that's about the time that you start to take cooking seriously you're you're like all right i gotta i gotta figure this out and like i grew up cooking a little bit here and there, but like I was never serious about it until I graduated college and I found myself living alone. I was like, okay, well, it's time for me to cook some decent meals. For Why myself. didn't you get on Recently, Top Chef or like uh, Gordon Ramsay's show? Uh, maybe I need to one of these days. Recently, I have developed the perfect blueberry muffin. That's my most recent kick. Uh, that's the blueberry muffin is a solid muffin. You know, a muffins can be very filling too, right? Yeah. At this point, I'm making a new batch like every four or five days. Because I'll just throw them down one after another. In the uh, in the playoff in the muffin playoff, I think the national championship game is played between blueberry and banana nuts. Really? That's the Bama and Georgia of the muffin. No, game. I don't know about all that. I think banana nut is one of those high seeds that ends up getting upset. No, 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 no. They're a solid contender every year. Uh, now you might put blueberry in there as Alabama, but I'm I'm saying, what do you guys think? No, I think banana nut is playing for a championship once every three years or so. I think my championship is blueberry and lemon poppy seed. 
Lemon poppy seed. That's from like the Pac-12. That's who mule shoe. That's what mule shoe okay, eats. Okay, no, no, we're not. We're not going to do any mule shoe. Seed, that's lemon a fin- poppy seed that's, muffin analogy. That is a finesse you're, you're, team. Mike, you're about to ruin lemon poppy seed muffins. That for me. is a finesse team. They're going to wow you with some big plays on offense, and they're not going to play any defense. Joe Burrow will eat them for. Well, Joe Burrow won't eat them because they're not any good. But I'm just saying, the lemon poppy seed plays in a very weak conference. Banana Nut would crush them in the playoff. No okay, doubt. If you say so. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to get the results on the text line. All right. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in uh, Paul's Valley. Appreciate you guys sponsoring our second hour. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. This is the kind of... Programming you sign up for. Who wins the muffin playoff? I say it's between Blueberry and Banana Nut. Parker's taking a group of five lemon poppy seed to get there. Wow. Let's talk about it. Uh, The theme continues. Sooner basketball. Staying alive. Trying to get there. Trying to get it done against Baylor tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on ESPN. And uh, the belief is the Sooners would go to the NIT. And not that they, you know, talking about decision whether they would play or not is that they would play in the NIT. So, But first, you've got a shot at Baylor again tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. And uh, there's a school of thought from some people that think uh, that would uh, complete the resume and the Sooners could get in with just that one more win over Baylor. Their net rating is already really good at 42. It would jump in the 35-37 range, you would think, and that would be their fifth win over a top 15 opponent this year. So maybe it would be. Maybe it would be. But we shall have to wait and see. So uh, so anyway, we just got a uh, mule shoe related text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Mike. But, really? Uh, I'm not going to. I closed out from the link because we're going to spare you the emotional damage. Yeah, it, it might, uh, not, might not be good. All right. So people are uh, talking about the uh, muffin championship. And uh, OK, one listener says not a muffin, but carrot cake is amazing. Try turning it into a muffin and you've got something. I agree with this take on carrot mm-hmm. cake. I have carrot cake every year as my birthday cake. It is the best cake out there. I love carrot cake. I, in fact, out at Riverwind, when I'm out there on uh, on Thursday and Friday, a lot of times I'll say, man, you guys got any carrot cake? It's very popular at Chips and Ales, and I'll take some carrot cake home. I love carrot cake. It is tremendous. I agree. We, we can agree on carrot cake. Okay, back to the muffin conversation. I understand your love for the banana nut muffin. I just I I think it's become very watered down. I think it's become almost standard fare. You think there it's needs to be a coaching like, change? Well, spice not, it up a little bit. Exactly. Run a different like, offense. It's what? not a delicacy. It's like vanilla ice cream, right? Everybody just regards it as the basic flavor. Also, I'm I'm just I'm not big on nuts as a general mm-hmm. principle. Like, give me the banana. Just please hold the nut because. With that type of muffin, especially like the texturally with something that has like a cake-like texture, nuts it, it just falls don't do ap- it for It me. falls very, apart very easily. That's the one thing about the banana muffin is it can crumble uh, in pressure situations, you know. So that's its weakness against blueberry. Cinnamon sugar crumble cake muffin, says one of our listeners. Another says chocolate chip muffin would be a dark horse. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This listener is completely on the same page with me. They say blueberry muffins and lemon poppy seed 
our Hall of Champion muffins. Now, here's the Thank deal. You. I must say, I am speaking out of ignorance, and you guys know if you listen to me enough that I speak out of ignorance quite a bit. But uh, So I've never tried a lemon poppy seed muffin. Like lemon cake, I like a lemon cake with that little glazed icing on the top. So maybe I would. It just sounds like a the kind of muffin that comes from the Pac-12 that would be very soft. This listener says blueberry lemon rules the muffin tournament. Throw those poppy seeds in the trash. Interesting. Poppy blueberry seeds. Blueberry lemon. Greg, you think Greg from the Oklahoma Men's Clinic, who is now apparently missing in action, would eat a poppy seed muffin? I mean, that man, come on. He's a real Oklahoma alpha male. Man, we have we have two different completely we have two completely different conversations happening on the text line. One has to do with Hawaiian cuisine. Yeah. And one has to do with muffins. Uh, food talk is always good talk. Legit. This listener says there's a teriyaki sauce that I get from Kihei, Hawaii. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's so good. It's from Tutu's Pantry. Hmm. Get you some. Where is Tutu's Pantry? That is my question. I don't know. I might not be enough of a local. Tutu's Pantry. Where have I heard of Tutu before? Oh, Bishop Desmond Tutu. It's not his pantry, is it? Probably not. I don't think he was from anywhere near Hawaii. Okay, uh, somebody said, potatoes are nothing but carbs. Gross. Just kidding. I would hope I would hope that's a just kidding type of thing. I, I That's one thing. I don't know if I've ever met somebody that doesn't like potatoes. If there is a universally adored and accepted food stuff, it is the potato. The versatility of the, t- p- t- the potato. Sorry. Jeez. You ever done radio before, son? I don't think so. The versatility. You can mash it. You can bake it. You can gratin it. You can fry it. You can slice it. You can dice it. It is very versatile. It's a five-tool player. Oh, I thought you were talking about spam there for a second. No, I'm talking about potato. No wonder the famine was so... The Irish potato famine was very serious. There were so many different meal possibilities. You take away the potatoes, that's not good. That's not good. Apparently, potatoes are also like... They have all the key nutrients that your body needs to function. And so... Like, you can survive on a diet of pretty much just potatoes and be fine without any mineral deficiencies. Well, what about the carbs? Don't you get, like, diabetes eventually? And well, I'm, I, listen, I'm not saying you'd survive for long. Yeah. You're, I'm not you're saying, not you, saying, could, like, just I'm not saying you could live 60 day. or 70 years <laughs> eating just potatoes. But what I'm saying is, like, that's like one food where if you're in a life-or-death situation and you just need to subsist for a period of weeks or months, like, the rumor is that potatoes – have all of the key nutrients and vitamins to be able to uh, keep you up to speed nutritionally. By the way, you can heat your home and power a nuclear power plant with the uh, potato that comes out of the oven with the tin foil wrapped all around it. You don't want to grab that, right? You better have your, oh my goodness. Uh, your oven mitts on because that is one of the hottest obje- objects in the planet. I think it's the sun, number one. And uh, the just-baked potato wrapped in tinfoil, number two. Where does Lubbock fall? Lubbock is in the worst place, one of the worst places in America category. The potato is, you know, that's really the only fault that the potato has. If you ever touch one of those, man, you know it's not good. All right, we got to get out of here. What, what a show today. I mean, food and sports. I mean... Two items needed to sustain life. Sports, food, 
water, oxygen, sunshine, and coconut milk, according to Ratso Rizzo. We're out of here. Locked In's coming up next.